All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Taproot Conversations. I'm Dr. Nicole Bonner. And I am Dr. John D'Ambrosio. And today we are blessed with the presence of Dr. Iram Tahir. Iram, share a little bit about yourself with us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, I am a chiropractor. I've been a chiropractor for 15 years. And um, I own the busiest practice in Syracuse. It's called High Point Chiropractic Wellness. And it's definitely a journey to get it there. Um, and I actually also coach chiropractors with um, our coaching company called Ignite the Spark, where we teach um, business strategy, marketing, um, working with medical doctors, to bring new patients in. Um, we teach leadership, uh, recruiting, getting the right people into your um, practice. And so we do all sorts of different things like that. And I speak in chiropractic and uh, I've had some amazing things happen along the way. I was named one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the United States under the age of 30 by President Obama. I was invited to speak at the White House and brought chiropractic there um, and brought chiropractic to the United Nations, was invited there and did a TED Talk. So I just really like to keep pushing chiropractic to the forefront. And I just think chiropractic is the greatest thing in the world and everybody needs to be adjusted. <laughs> and so um, I just keep, my goal is to just keep getting chiropractic out to as many people as possible. And, uh, and that's what I hope to do today too. That so is great. I, and I love, um, I love the word ignite because that's part of your coaching program. That's part of its name, right? Yeah. And my first question that I have for you, because I know a little bit about your story, because I've heard you speak before, and um, you're an amazing speaker, by the way, totally inspirational, but what was it that ignited your flame? Like, what was, what, in the beginning, like, what made you want to become a chiropractor? That's such a good question. I so appreciate the kind words. Thank you. And I've been following you. I think you're so beautiful. I love what you're doing. I just love everything that you're doing. And it's just like, you are a chiropractic warrior and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we're connecting like this, you know? Uh, well, actually, so it started out, you know, my dad is a medical doctor. I don't know if you knew that. And so my dad um, and my parents have wanted me to go to medical school since I was a kid. And that was going to be my life path, you know? So my parents were like, she's going to work with women and children and it's going to be so great. She's going to be a doctor. And I was like, okay, you know, like that's just, was my, I didn't know anything else. That was just what I was going to do. And working in my dad's office, I learned a lot. I saw a lot of how the pharmaceutical companies work. I learned a lot about how um, just patient care and just all sorts of different things. And my dad's a brilliant physician, you know? And, but then when I went to college, I started questioning things a little bit. And I started thinking there's gotta be a more natural way to heal the body. Because when we were younger, we had, I mean, I kid you not, like we had medicine for everything. So we had an ear infection, we would get medicine. We had a little cough, we would get medicine. We had a headache, we would get medicine. We had medicine for everything. And this is how I grew up, you know? And, and when we were growing up, the pharmaceutical companies were very, um, they were really, really good at marketing. So every, like, I mean, bottle, every pen, every notepad, every umbrella, everything that we had had a medicine name. Mm -hmm. So you would look at, I still remember, it was so clever. They were so good with their marketing. So we had a clock like to tell time and it would say Nexium, time to take your purple pill. <laughs> but you're subconsciously always looking at these medicine names, right? In mm -hmm. your home where you're like telling time or drinking out of a mug or whatever it is. 
So that's how I grew up. And um, when I started thinking there's a more natural way to heal the body, I didn't know what that really meant. And so I started exploring options um, in, in college and I started looking at naturopathic school and I was like, what else is there to be able to heal the body naturally? And I had an opportunity to shadow a chiropractor up north um, from where I am. So almost near Canada. And I'll never forget the moment I decided to become a chiropractor. It was incredible. So Dr. Vanier, um, he was an old Palmer grad and he had a completely cash practice. And he was very busy in this tiny little town called Carthage, New York. And he had a lot of like Mennonite, Amish population, you know, people who don't really like to seek traditional medical care. And he had this Mennonite man um, you know, I'm observing his practice. I'm looking at everything. So in this one room, he had this Mennonite man and he, he had chest pain. He had left-sided chest pain and numbness and tingling into his left arm <laughs> and he couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, this guy needs to be at the hospital. Why is he at the chiropractor's office? And Dr. Vanier evaluated it and figured it out and he adjusted him. And instantly the guy goes, ah, that's better. And it was all gone. And he must've had a rib out or something. Right. But it was incredible. And I looked at that and I go, I want to do that. I was like, he just did that with his hands. Like that was awesome. And so then I got fixated on going to chiropractic school and and started to figure out what I was going to do. And I, I ended up going to chiropractic school, but my parents were very upset about it. Like they were like, what are you doing with your life? You're ruining your life. You're you're making the biggest like mistake you could ever make. But something was just calling me inside. And I was just like, I have to do this. And I'm somebody who I skipped a grade when I moved to this country because I could read early. And then I graduated high school early because I took all these college credits. And I graduated college when I was like 20. And I did all of this stuff, but in, and I was a straight A student. So I tell you that because knowing my background, I was a high achiever, straight A student, but in chiropractic school, I was doing terrible. Like I was failing classes and it was because I didn't really have that approval from my parents because my parents would call me every day and say like, you know, you're making this terrible mistake and what are people going to think and all sorts of different things. And you should, maybe dentistry was better than this is what they said to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I had a professor who told me that I was in the wrong place because I was doing poorly. So I don't know, she was like, you should go back to where you came from. Um, and I'd never been adjusted before I went to chiropractic school as well. So it just was all of these things all together. And I didn't have a sense of purpose, but there's something inside of me that just kept saying, just keep going. So I went through the first semester. I did not do well. <laughs> I went through the second semester. I did a little bit better. And then the third semester. And then after that, like, you know, you're just like, then I graduated with the honors and all that stuff, but it just, I was more of like the clinical person, like working with patients, less the, the anatomy and the, you know, neurology and all that stuff. But it was just harder because I didn't have that support, you know? And I think that if anyone is listening that doesn't have support, but it is in school, they should know that they should just keep going because it does not matter what somebody says to you. It doesn't matter if they just want to kill your dreams. If you have that in your heart and you're in that place and you're in chiropractic school, you're in the right place. You're supposed to be there. And there's a reason that the universe, whatever you want to believe, brought you to that place and in that moment in time. And so I just kept going with that feeling in my heart, even though everything around me was telling me you're 
you're making a mistake. Everyone around me was telling me you're making a mistake, mm -hmm. but I just wanted to keep on going. And then when I graduated school, I decided I would try to make the biggest, baddest chiropractic school or chiropractic, maybe a chiropractic school one day, but a chiropractic practice I could. And so I just hustled and I didn't have any staff. It just worked really, really hard. I was the chiropractor, the janitor, the billing person, the receptionist. <laughs> I lived upstairs. I worked downstairs. And then that practice got bigger and I moved it to a bigger location. I made six figures my first year out of school because it was just the grind. You know, it was really just the grind. And that to me is like what ignited me. And then I was very, very, very lucky. Um, I don't know if you know Dr. Peter Kavorkian or, and Dr. Patty Giuliano, but they are mm -hmm. in Boston, Massachusetts. And they, Jeannie Ohm, who, who taught me Webster technique, when I was in school, I had asked her if she knew of anyone who would do externships. And she was like, mm -hmm. I don't do it, but Dr. Peter and Dr. Patty do. And so I actually had an externship with them. And they are so, if you know them, I mean, they're so generous. They eat, breathe, and live chiropractic. And they taught me chiropractic philosophy. And right. so I learned what chiropractic truly was. It's not just about pain relief. It's so much more than that. And so if you ask me what ignited, I love that question, what ignited me, that's what it was. They became like my chiropractic parents. You know, mm -hmm. I leaned on them. I, you know, they continue to mentor me to this day. And I just, I always have such a love for them, you know? So that's really how it all started. And now my dad, so the, this is the really fast, I have to tell you this part of the story. So my dad was like, you're making a terrible mistake. Like now you're done with chiropractic school. You should go to medical school. I was like, oh my God, you have no idea what I've been through. There is no way I'm going to medical school after this. I'm done with school. Like never again. And I, as I was building my practice, I kept telling my dad about, you know, there's a natural way to heal the body. I would go into my parents' fridge and I'd throw out all this stuff that they had. I was like, you can't be eating this stuff. <laughs> And we're so mad. I got thrown like, you know, people were eating margarine back then. I mean, people know now not to eat margarine, but back then people were eating margarine and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, you can't eat this stuff. And so my dad um, just kept talking to him about chiropractic, natural way to heal the body. The body can correct itself, like above, down, inside out, all of that stuff, like our philosophy. Mm -hmm. And he ended up going and, and learning functional medicine. And so he made a complete 180 and now does functional medicine. He gets people off of medicine and he does all cash, like no insurance. And he works with me two days a week in my, in my because I ended up buying a building, a commercial building about eight years ago. So he works for me now, <laughs> I guess you could That's say. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's changed our whole family's life, right? Like we've all just become so much healthier and happier and, you know, all those things that come with our lifestyle, our chiropractic lifestyle, yeah. So it's fun. <laughs> That's, That's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you guys would like that. <laughs> so I'm interested. Something you said, you had gone through school. You struggled in initially with school. Uh, first off, what school did you go to? And second, you really got your philosophy uh, through Patty and Peter. Did mm -hmm. they teach it at school or was it something that wasn't taught or you just weren't interested at the time so at in school we did have one class on philosophy it was second trimester but it wasn't it i don't recall it being anything profound um so just like business right like we're not taught business in school we're not in at nycc which is where i went okay um we were not taught philosophy 
So I, you're just in school and you're just like, this is it. I mean, you don't know anything different. You just are like, I want to be a chiropractor. You don't know that there's different ways of looking at chiropractic and different ways of experiencing chiropractic, you know? So, so they really, I mean, I think, uh, they're on the board of like Sherman and, you know, they went to life and Palmer. And so they, I mean, they eat, breathe and live chiropractic. So that's where I really got it. And I was, at first I thought it was so weird. I was like, what are they talking about? But, you know, it changed my whole life, right? Like talking about the nervous system. We didn't talk about the nervous system in, chiro- in my, in my college. And I have nothing bad to say about my college. They gave me a great education. They gave me a degree, you know, I've been successful, so I can't say anything bad about them, but they gave me that part of it, but I had to learn other parts of it on my own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know, especially for students who may not be at a school that get, has a philosophy that you got what you needed out of school, but it wasn't until you got the philosophy that your life really changed. So, so let's say you never got the philosophy. What kind of practice do you think you would have right now if you just didn't see, seek that out or somebody you mentored with did not have the philosophy and they just went a totally different route. Would you have think your heart would have been searching for more still? Or do you think, okay, I've got it. And you'd have a successful practice, but not the kind of success, successful practice you have now. You know, that's really interesting. Like that's, I, no one has ever asked me that question, John. <laughs> I love that question. It's a good question. You know, I think it's also, there's a combination, right? Like the philosophy is our foundation, but conviction and certainty, you have to have it. If you want to be successful, you have to have conviction and certainty because conviction and certainty is catchy. People mm-hmm. will draw to you. If you're telling them you need to be here, I'm making this up three times a week for six weeks then I'm going to re-examine you and you need to be here for this amount of time. And this is the reason why. And you're so convicted. That's going to move. They're going to move mountains to be there with you and do what you're telling them to do, you know? But right. it's interesting because I think the philosophy has been such a huge part of my practice, but I think that like, there is, there is that part of it, but I think there's also like the grind, like you do have to grind it out. You have to like work. Um, to make your mark, you know, and then you mm-hmm. can determine what kind of practice you want. But I think we're always learners, like we always have to continue learning to be better and improving and otherwise we become stagnant, you know, and we're in the same place. Right. Um, so I think that 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 if they're if they're not getting philosophy, if someone's listening is not does not know philosophy, I mean, they can definitely reach out to me, I can point them in the right direction. But there, you have to learn that as well. I think, you know, I agree. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent conviction, conviction, conviction. Mm. And I think the more rooted you are in your philosophy and chiropractic principle, the more natural that becomes Yes. for people, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I heard you speak at elite a few years ago and you spoke yeah. about, <laughs> you touched me. I love me. Dr. Fred. Yes. I know. And like, you made an impression. Like when I heard you speak, you made an impression. And I remember you sharing um, with us about a mission trip you were on. Yes. Yes. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about that missions trip? And like, what was your experience? And what did you see? And what did you feel? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I you still remember that. I love that. 
Yes. So Dr. Fred had me, who I love. He's such a dear friend and I think he's a wonderful person. And um, he, I always learned something from him. Um, but he had me come and speak at Elite and I loved it. And um, I had come back from a mission trip where I went to work with um, Syrian refugees in Jordan. And um, the Syrian war at that time was in its peak. And there were all these people fleeing to Jordan and other countries to get out of the war. And I had a childhood friend who was running a group um, where medical doctors go into different disaster zones in different areas of the world. So they would go to Haiti after an earthquake or they'd go to different, just all sorts of, they'd go to Pakistan after different things like that. So they, they, they go all around the world. And I said to him, um, I wanna be a part of this trip. And he said, and he's a childhood friend of mine because I grew up with all medical doctors. And he said, well, the trip is full and we don't allow chiropractors. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> His name is Ismail, but we call him Izzy. I said, Izzy, I don't care. I want to be on this trip. You need a chiropractor. And he's like, okay. And I said, yes, I think I bring a lot of value to this trip. So I had to kind of sell myself in chiropractic a little bit. And he's like, all right, that's fine. We'll make room. So I'm like, good. So I pushed my way into the mission trip and I was on the trip with 17 other medical doctors and a pharmacist. And um, in the beginning, everyone was like, why is there a chiropractor here? Like that makes no sense. So we were there. It's not, it wasn't religious based, but it's like, you're there for a week, week and a half or so, but about seven to 10 days. Um, I don't remember exactly, but it was that amount of time. And you know, in that time, they're doing work for these refugees who don't have health and they don't have health insurance. So they're basically like illegal aliens living in Jordan, but Jordan takes them on knowing that they're there, but they don't really have a lot of rights. They don't have medical insurance. They just go without health care. And a lot of them um, lost all of their life's savings, their businesses, their homes in the war you know, because all of a sudden there'd just be a bombing next door and it was just crazy. These children have seen things like they should never have seen. Mm -hmm. And so when I got there, I kept telling these doctors, I'm like, you got to send people to me. Um, <laughs> they were like, okay, fine, whatever. But as I was going along, I was able to educate them about chiropractic, right? And they got it. So they were starting to refer people to me for like night sweats, night terrors, nightmares, like bedwetting, PTSD, ear infections, like, of course, you know, they're traditional, like low back pain, neck pain, all that stuff too. Um, but in, a, in the span of, I think it was like the one place we were at, because then we hopped around a little bit, but the one place we were at, we were there for five days or four, no, it was four and a half days. In four and a half days, I saw like 450 people because I turned my translators into CAs and I had a portable table, but then I had another like sort of a, if you think about the kind of table you're in at the doctor's office, uh -huh. I turned that into a table. And I had all of these guys referring to me and I understood what, a what, what medical doctors need to understand about chiropractic in order to refer. So I have a very wellness-based practice, but we actually get a ton of referrals from medical doctors and OBGYNs, which I think is very important to connect that way. But that mission trip was really huge because we had these people, and I don't know if you remember, I, I don't know if you remember, I showed a video of this girl who had gotten adjusted and her heart rate, you could see her heart rate literally going down after she got adjusted and she wasn't as fearful. 
she had been, um, I still remember her name was Fatima. She had been burned. She was in the kitchen when a bomb dropped and hot water went all over her body. and <laughs> her. So she, um, you know, she was terrified to get adjusted, but after that, she was like, oh, I want to come get, come, come every day. Can we go back? You know? So it was really, it was amazing. Amazing. And so when I came back, I was like, I got to tell everyone about this. <laughs> yeah. Talk That's about cool. conviction. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I can just see you. I can just see you right now. I'm going on the trip. Like just make room for me. Right. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I think you have to create your own opportunity sometimes, right? <laughs> you have to make it happen like the way you want it to happen you know yeah. um so I haven't been back because then like shortly after it was like COVID and then they closed they've closed everything but I'd love to go back you know I'd absolutely love to go back and um and be able to to bring more my goal was at that time to bring more chiropractors so we could rotate chiropractors in maybe they stay there for two weeks at a time or a week at a time and all of our home, like our lodging and our food and all that stuff was taken care of. So they would just basically be working for a week or two weeks, you know? And I also got to, I piggybacked a trip to the Dead Sea with that. So you get to see, you can see other places and, and things like that too, you know? So since well, then, I think, oh, go ahead. No, Irma, I was just going to say, if you do go back, I would go with you. Really? Absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. And no, um, they, need it. they need the care so badly. Yeah, I would definitely go with you. And I would bring my boys with me. They would be RCAs. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. How old are your boys? 13 and 15. Oh, my God. So I don't know if you know this. My husband, I don't know if this is supposed to be part of the podcast, but I'll just <laughs> talk about it. So my husband is from San Diego. He lived in San Diego for a long time, for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, if you know the company Cairo Matrix, they, you know, they build chiropractic websites. So seven years before, like maybe now it must be nine years ago, I had met him just as a, you know, just kind of as a business meeting, see if there's anything, cause they had brought me on as an influencer to kind of work with them. And when I went on this mission trip, I was speaking for Billy DeMoss out in California and him and Mary Jane were like, you should take my car somewhere. And I'm like, I don't have anywhere to take it. They're like, no, you should really go somewhere. They kept telling me to go somewhere. So I ended up going back and meeting with the Chiromatrix people. And I asked if my husband still worked there. And they said, yes, he does. Because the company had been acquired by a bigger company. But I was like, they're like, yeah, he still works here. And so this is the amazing part, right? They went to go and say to him, Dr. Tahir is here. You should come and say hi to her. And he was like, I don't take impromptu meetings, right? And then they were like, no, you should. She can really help our business. Like, you should, you know, she wants to do work with us. And he was like, you should just email a proposal. Tell her to email a proposal. And then they were like, she worked with refugees. You need to come see her. And he's like, he has a heart, a soft heart. So he came up to the conference room and I don't know. He says I made a move on him, which I definitely did not do. I did not do that because I just was like, hi, oh, you look good. I don't think that's a move. It's just like, oh, you look good because he's lost a ton of weight. And he thought that was his opening to try to, you know, you know, come after me and which he did. And then on our first date, he told me I'm going to marry you one day. And I was like, you're crazy because I will never move to California. I have a practice in Syracuse. 
but then I did, I moved to California and the systems in my practice just kept it going. And uh, he has two kids from a previous marriage. So that was my point there. They are 12 and 17. So kind of similar ages. Close. So yes, for sure. So it's uh, you're a boy. Yeah. yeah, now we have four, we have four CAs. <laughs> exactly, we got four CAs, it's perfect. <laughs> I would love to go on the trip like that with you. I'd love to. I think it would be awesome. I would totally do that. Well, yeah. Sign me up course. too. Okay, good. We got three doctors already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can gather a lot of people because it's like I'm they sure. need the help here, for sure. Yeah. Well, you said so many things that I want to go back and touch on. One of them was create your own opportunities, but I also want to piggyback that on when you first got out, you really had to, I forget what you're, how you worded, but work the grind. You really had to grind. And a lot of people come out of school and they expect, my doors are open, where is everybody? And then it's like, well, let me hire a coach. They'll do it for me. Or let me hire a marketer. They'll do it for me. Go into right. exactly how you created your own opportunities and what the grind is actually all about for people who think it's just kind of like, I, I did my work in school. I've got it. So yeah. well, everything's coming to me now. What's reality? Yeah. Yes, I love that. Such a, you, man, you're the king of good questions today. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing is given. We're not handed anything. You know, you're just, you have to, you have to work for it. Right. And I think that vision is such a huge thing, like having a really clear vision of where you want to be, what you want, and imprinting that vision into the mind, into the subconscious mind. I think it's so important for somebody coming out of school and you do have to work like you have to work in the beginning a lot. I know that some people say, well, you only have to work 20 hours a week or you only have to work 10 hours a week. No, that's not going to pay the bills. That's not in the beginning. That is not paying the bills. That's not doing anything right. You have to work like you have to put the work in. you have to put the effort in. you have to put the time in. Um, and I think some of it too, is like seeing what sticks. So I went to a lot of, um, music fairs and events and put myself out there. And that can be effective until I realized really working with medical doctors is that's where all the sick people are. So I was, a, you know, once I started understanding how to communicate to doctors, I didn't have to worry about where new patients were going to come from because the doctors need to be able to send patients to a chiropractor, but they just don't know why. And they're so used to, and in school, they're taught to send patients to the physical therapist. So right. they don't know why they actually need to send a patient to a chiropractor. So there is a right way and a wrong way to approach a doctor. But to answer your question, it's like, you do have to make your own opportunity, even, even with your own practice, you have to create what it is you do want. I think you have to have the certainty and the conviction and you have to put in the time. I've, you know, I, I do coach chiropractors and I've, I've seen so many people who are like, well, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm in my office and I'm sitting here and, and just, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram, which is fine. Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff is totally fine. And you can get patients that way, but like how many hours can you really be on Instagram and Facebook, right? Like you need to go get yourself out there. You have to meet people. You have, people have to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And again, that's connected back to conviction and certainty and having a plan, you know, having a year plan, having a, a monthly plan, having a weekly plan. Um, and that's one of the things that I, well, I like to do is I like to help people build out a plan 
for their whole year? Like, what's the plan? What are you going to be doing? You know, how are you going to be building this business? What, what's the revenue going to look like? You know, what is the projections? What is your overhead? I've seen so many practices where they take a ton of overhead, but there's no patience to pay it. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big, big fan of starting small, mm-hmm. like starting, you can maybe start by renting space from another chiropractor, or you can start by just one room. There's no shame in that one room in, in a, in an office complex or whatever, and then growing from there. Cause you can always add, but it's really hard to hit a high overhead when you don't have any patients and no money and a lot of debt, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, it has to be based on the vision and it has to be based on what your mission statement is, what you want. Um, and you have to have a plan. And I mean, I am a coach, so I'm not, I'm all about like people should have a coach if they want to cut the learning curve. But I also think you do have to, the coach can't put the time in for you or the effort, yeah. you know, Absolutely. or the work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important. And I love that you brought up uh, starting small because I know so many people who ended up going under because <laughs> it's huge space that they expected. Everybody's going to come. This is going to be, I don't want to outgrow it. And they never even grew into it because money just started, wasn't there. And the, the payments and the rent and the student loans kept coming and they just had to fold it. They started mm-hmm. small and grew they would have been okay, but because they buried themselves with the assumption that I'm going to be great in a month, I'm going to be seeing more people than I can handle. And then six months down the road, they were so desperate for money because they were falling under that they couldn't even focus on the practice anymore. It was just total fear. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 a hundred percent. And I, I, you're, you're totally spot on with that. You know, I was thinking as you were talking is when I first, I started out by renting space from a chiropractor and outgrew that in six months. And when I had my first practice, I was scared to death, but I had a portable table. I just had people on a portable table and there were no doors. (laughs) There were no doors between the rooms and it was fine because people came for the care. And then when I had a little bit of money, I had these French doors built in there. And then when I had a little bit of money, I bought um, a, uh, what is it called? A Thule table, you know? And it was $1,400 at the time. And I thought it was like the biggest expense, you know, but I like, I feel like it's just gradual, gradually growing. You can always grow and move that. Then I moved it to a bigger location. That one got bigger. I was able to hire staff, you know, all of these things. And then I purchased a building eight years ago. So I think it's like, you can always grow into it. Starting small, there's no shame in that, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy to begin with. You just need to a room in your hands and a table and that's it really (laughs) it's really true and I think a lot of people put the doctor image ahead too I know so many who went out and said well I I have to have a nice car because patients are going to see me pulling up in this I can't you know a Chevy I have to have a you know a Lexus because I got to have the doctor image and again those payments that they had no money coming in for initially help sink them Mm -hmm. right yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I drove a little mini Toyota Corolla around <laughs> like the basic version for a really long time and then worked up to my car that I love now, which is a Mercedes. But it's just like, it, it's not, you just have to, you know what I mean? Like you, you're, you're hundred percent right. I, I totally agree with that. You got to keep expenses low. And, you know, I think about those people in Jordan, they didn't care. I was in a stuffy little room <laughs> with two translators acting as CAs and putting two people on tables. 
they, they couldn't care less, but they got the care. And they right. knew what they felt after, you know, and they were able to start walking. People couldn't walk before, but they were able to walk. Their headaches went away. You know, people quit smoking, like all sorts of things, you know? So it's, they're coming for that. They're not coming for the ambiance. I mean, the ambiance right. is nice and you want it to be a little bit comfortable, but who cares if it's just one room, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure, definitely. <laughs> I think too, there's a whole um, physiological and psychological component to that as well, because, you know, when you have a huge overhead and you don't have a whole lot of money coming in, you're walking into that. Sometimes you're walking into, and you see this in coaching because, you know, we both coach, right? So like the, the doctor's walking in with the patient and their mindset is, okay, how am I going to sell this patient? Because I have rent due yeah. instead of being present time connection yep. with the patient Absolutely. and um so that also helps eliminate that whole physiological emotional psychological stressor mm -hmm. as well yeah so that's a and component. I think, yes absolutely and it's like if you one thing i've realized in the 15 years i've been doing this and and you both probably know this as well is if you put the money first that's always what you're going to be fixated on but if mm -hmm. you focus on the patient in front of you and you're present with the patient the money will come you know like yes. if you focus on the service and what can i give instead mm -hmm. of what can i get what can i get what can i get what can i give of my time of my knowledge of my effort um of my attention then that's when you're going to be successful, you know, like right. you're going to get when you're, when you're actually giving as opposed to fixating on like, Oh my God, my money, the money, I need money. I need, you know, like yes. income. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So true. Mm -hmm. So Erin, <clears throat> how did you get involved? I mean, I know your dad's a medical doctor, but like, tell me a little bit about your journey with connecting with MDs and how that yeah. all flourished for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like I was saying, you know, I grew up on all medicine all the time. And um, my dad's a doctor. Every, my, I'm Pakistani. So everyone in our community where we were growing up is a doctor and their kids are all doctors. <laughs> so if you were like the pharmacist or the person who owned a business, like you were the one who was like seen as the weird one. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's just, he's just a pharmacist <laughs> or whatever, you know. But it's like, but that's how they decided. And so there was just a community of doctors. So um, growing up around them and then working in my dad's office from the age of like 12 to the age of you know, 22, 23 was a huge thing. And so I noticed and I saw how the pharmaceutical reps worked and I saw what they did and I saw what they, you know, they were there every week in our office with food, with gifts. Um, we have gone on so many, I mean, they're not, they don't, they're not allowed to do this anymore, but we've gone on so many trips and events to, because the pharmaceutical companies would pay for it. Mm -hmm. So I saw everything that they were doing and they were very clever because, you know, in our Pakistani community, they actually, I remember what they did was, and it's so smart. They were so good at marketing even back, like back then. And this was, I mean, 20, 25, 30 years ago, maybe, well, maybe not 30, maybe 25 years ago, they were so good at, it. they were so ahead of their time. So they would create events to have these like Pakistani doctors go to it, where it was like cultural events. So they would under, understand the culture, they would understand like the songs they like, they would understand like the kind of singer. So they'd bring this certain kind of singer, but they would have it be sponsored by, 
you know, um, AstraZeneca or whatever it was. And then they were, they do a whole presentation on Lipitor or whatever before. So it was like always linked like, oh, we had this really good time and the company paid, you know, we didn't pay for it. The company paid for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, noticing all of that and then, and then working with my dad, I really saw the psychology of the medical doctor. And I think that if a chiropractor, and I, and I know that I'm a very wellness subluxation based, philosophically based chiropractor. So I know that some chiropractors are like, why would I want to work with a medical doctor? Like that makes no sense. But when they're in my office, I can then teach that patient about what chiropractic really is mm -hmm. and what we're going to do and what the plan is and how this is something you need for your whole life. And um, it's going to not just make you feel better, but it's everything we talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's affecting your nervous system. It's affecting your, it's preventing degeneration from getting worse, like all of those things. So the medical doctor is where all the sick people are. But I think that you don't have to be, you, you can be a doctor that's practicing however you want to practice and work with those medical doctors. Mm -hmm. And I, before I started working with medical doctors, like with my practice, I always had to think about where new patients were going to come from. Um, so I had to do these events and stuff, but I was always exhausted after the events. Cause you know, you take all your stuff there, you go set up, you come back. It's awful. <laughs> so I was like, well, how can I make it? So I never have to worry about new patients ever again. And I wanted to bring on associates. So I didn't want them to have to worry about new patients ever again. And that's, that's what I did is I had this program that rattled around in my mind for two years. Um, I specialize in pregnant. I mean, not all of our patients are pregnant, like probably a 50%, 40 to 50% of our patients here are pregnant. So we have a huge pregnancy practice. Um, and so I wanted to see how it would work with OBGYNs first. And it rattled around in my mind for two years. I put it together in my office to see if it would work. And it did. And so I get about, you know, 16, about 17 different OBGYNs, doulas and midwives that refer to me on a regular basis. And then that's how we became the number one pregnancy chiropractic center in all of upstate New York. So where we just see sheer vol like the volume of pregnant women that we see is more than anyone else out there. And it's because of these referrals. And so when the pregnant women are in our practice, then we tell them like, hey, yes, your low back pain is one part of it, but there's so much more going on. We want to have a safer, easier labor and delivery. Like this is what the Webster technique does. This is how we do it. And so, um, so I've done that with, with pregnancy. I've done that with like, it can actually be tweaked to any type of condition the patient wants or the doctor wants to work with, with like TOS or migraines or low back pain or whatever. And then when a patient comes into your door, you can educate them how you want to, you know? Yeah. Right. So that's where all the sick people are, but there is a right and a wrong way to work with medical doctors because I've, I've done it the wrong way as well. <laughs> and I've also seen some people do it the wrong way because they've come to me from other places and, you know, and they're just like, oh, I tried this and it never worked. But I'm like, well, this is where it went wrong. So there's specific language, there's specific things you can say um, and do, you know, to be able to get those patients in the door. I love that. I love that. Such a great niche. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, you that's where most, what's that? You crack the code. Oh yeah. 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 And I think that's where most chiropractors do struggle. So when I added this program, this program, I guess you could say into my practice, <coughs> I added my revenue by another $250,000 a year. I was able to bring on associates, you know, I invested back into them. And then they never thought about where the new patients were going to come from either. 
So I never have them out doing screenings or events or any of that stuff. Nice. Because it just is, I don't know. I don't like doing it personally, but <laughs> maybe it's not for me, but it could be for other people. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's a lot of work for a little return is what I see it. Yeah. You know, and you talked about like when you first opening a practice, you know, it's like a little bit different now for us because, you know, when you're first opening a practice, you have to do the grind. You know, I remember I walked door to door, you know, back 20 years ago when I opened my practice. So, yeah. um, but like there comes a point where like you find it, you find your niche and you find your flow and, and then you don't have to do external, you know, marketing. Yes, 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 absolutely. Or pound the pavement, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. So I love it. And I love... Yeah. I love your one-liner. That's where all the sick people are because you're right. Like, you know, I, you always, I always hear like philosophical chiropractors. They are always like, we don't want, I don't want to work with a medical doctor and with hospitals and all this, but you're right. Like that's where the sick people are. Right. And I can people get people. Yes. If I can get people out of the medical doctor's office into my office, I know it's going to change their whole life. You know, if I can get them out of the hospitals and into my, my office or in, out of the clinics and the ERs and all of that. Yeah. yeah. So during COVID, like we, you know, did reach out to the ERs and say, we said, if you have people who have like low back pain, sciatica or herniated discs, like send them to us. We weren't mm -hmm. one of the only practices that stayed open. We didn't close one day in COVID. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't close either. That's tough though in New York because New York is even, New York was even tougher than us. I had it easy. I was in, I'm in South Jersey. So oh, I had it easy yeah. compared to you guys. Like we stayed yeah. open, like didn't mask and I didn't have any problems, but. Wow. Yeah. 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 In New York, it was definitely, it was like the hotbed of it all. <laughs> so I hired cleaning, because we're high volume. So we had to like do this whole thing. I created this whole COVID screening tool that actually has been shared by thousands and thousands of chiropractors since then. But I, you know, I did this whole setup. It's like when it first started, now everyone does temperature checks and stuff, but I did this whole thing in the beginning. And then I had to hire people to come clean tables because, mm -hmm. and it was like, it got a little expensive, you know, because, but people wanted to know that the tables were clean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. So we had that. We had to have them text us from the parking lot. We had to reduce our, we had to keep telling our patients like what we're doing. Yeah. New York was like definitely the hotbed of it all. Definitely. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You have an interesting perspective because not only your dad being an MD, but you've been surrounded by them and you've, you've worked in them. You have friends who are uh, being a chiropractor and, you know, people referring to chiropractic as alternative uh, medicine or alternative health care, do you find it odd that the most non-invasive form of health care would be considered alternative? Do you think that people should be seeing chiropractors first and then as an alternative, see a medical doctor? A hundred percent. Yes. I think it's ridiculous that the utilization rate of chiropractic is like 12%. And that's at the highest like number that right. we've seen. It's crazy. And that's probably not like maintenance care or anything. You know, it's not wellness care. It's acute sick care, you know? Right. Yes. I think that like, it makes sense for it to go least invasive to most invasive, but I feel like that's not what's as, you know, like you can't charge as much for that. So there's, you know, capitalism and big pharma and all of that involved in it too. 
So it's like most invasive to least invasive. It makes no sense. It should be the other (laughs) way around in my opinion, right? Like I want to take, if I have a headache, I want to get adjusted. I want to, then maybe I'll take magnesium, see if like, maybe it's like muscle tension. If it's like really, you know, like there's other things you can do and then work up. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's my philosophy anyway. Um, but I think that like most medical doctors actually want to work with chiropractors, but chiropractors are too afraid. I'm just being totally honest. They're too afraid or don't have the skill set to approach them. They don't have the right words, which is understandable because no one teaches you that. So, right. you know, it's, it, it affects everything then, you know what I mean? Um, they don't really know how to approach it. They want to, but they don't know how to. Um, and doctors, they want to refer, but they don't know who's a good chiropractor or mm-hmm. who their chiro- the chiropractor is, you know, or what chiropractic is. And they're just taught mm-hmm. to go to PT. So they'll just send the people to PT. Well, PT is not always like the best thing for the person. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> That's I do it. have to ask, do, do you still have the Nexium clock in your house? <laughs> <laughs> So would you believe there was a period of time my mom, my mom was like really good at eating. That was like a secondary business she had. And you would not believe it. Those things became collectibles. Like they really? said, yeah. So we don't even have any of that anymore. We have okay. like one, it was like a stuffed, um, it was a stuffed nose. It was actually really cute with arms and legs and it said Flonase. We still have that because okay. it's just because it's it's like a stuffed animal but it's a stuffed nose get it like a stuffed nose and then this is from like 20 years ago we still have this thing from 20 years ago this is how smart they were they were so good at marketing oh my god it's and they're still good at marketing they're like you know how many commercials are on tv or even when i'm watching netflix or whatever like for medicine or some kind of medicine name right like they're mm-hmm. it's just a different way that they do. now they have like what is it chloe kardashian and whoopi goldberg right. talking about migraine medicine i'm mm-hmm. like oh my god what has this world come to right <laughs> but that's like they're very clever they're ahead of their time but no the all that stuff got sold because it became like collectibles from i don't know people like okay. wanted it <laughs> that's funny <laughs> And I was thinking about your, what you just said about the commercials that, you know, they're brilliant the way they do it. But I really wonder if your um, vision is impaired and all you could do is listen, you're not distracted by all the, the happy smiles. You're just hearing side effects may include. So I wonder if that aspect yeah. of the market is just like not rushing off to medication because they're not subject to being, you know, visually yeah. stimulated and distracted from what's actually being said right like there's like this beautiful meadow and there's two people in a bathtub and it's like oh my goodness that sounds awesome I want that right (laughs) you know right exactly like you're not seeing the you know experience that they're having yeah very strange (laughs) (laughs) if you think about it (laughs) it is there's so many times where I'm like I hear a, a pharmaceutical commercial or something like that and I'm thinking, I was like, wow, that's a great one-liner. I was like, we should yeah. use that in chiropractic. <laughs> they're very good. But they're even with like what they come up with the names. And I'm not saying, I'm not anti-medicine, right? Like, it's like, we need medicine, right? Like, those, a, lot, like a lot of medicine's life-saving, right? Like, sometimes you need surgery. Like, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you, 
you sometimes you just can't avoid some of those things you have to do it mm -hmm. but I think it's just too much like there's just it's just too much for everything you know like they used to have one for restless leg syndrome and you know it's like you can just take magnesium glyconate right and probably trust it and your restless legs are gonna go away you know what right. I mean mm -hmm. or potassium like sometimes it's just potassium deficiency so it's just like Yes, I agree. Like it should be least invasive to most invasive, but I don't think that's how everyone sees it. <laughs> True. And I think part of the marketing that makes it so genius is they're taking the patient now and they're becoming the ones who are saying, you know, ask your doctor about this. So they go into an office and say, well, how about this drug for me? Or I want, and the doctor's like, I mean, in a lot of cases, the doctors that I know said, that if I do not give them what they ask for, they will go somewhere else to get it. So what am I going to do? So right. the, and that the was pharmaceutical the company, yeah, they've yeah, taken the power out of the doctor's hands even and just put it <coughs> into the patient's hands and whatever you can convince them to take, they're going to ask for it and they're going to find it somewhere. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what's, um, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like the, the doctor wants to please the patient too. Right. Mm -hmm. So they want to give them what they want as well. And it's like, that's, that was the whole problem that happened with opioids. It was getting mm -hmm. overprescribed and then people were getting addicted and then they were getting cut off. And now those people were addicted to heroin. And now they have this huge opioid epidemic, which we yeah. still have. Right. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't realize chiropractors included is you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, they, I feel like the medical doctor gets, is the one that like gets thrown under the bus. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of MDs who are really good friends of mine because I went to, um, I went to, I did pre-med for my undergrad at Seton Hall. So like a lot of my friends from college are all MDs and, yeah. you know, they really do. They truly do like have the best of intentions and they truly do have the patient's best interest at heart. And I feel like a lot of time, times these MDs kind of get thrown under the bus when really it's the pharmaceutical industry that is the greed, you know, because talking with MDs, like MDs, with, MDs love to know, like they love what we have. They really mm -hmm. do. They love what we do. They love what, what, what we have. They understand it. Um, I have MDs in my town that refer to us all the time and for things outside of net, like, uh, outside of musculoskeletal issues. Like I have a, I don't even know him. I've never met him before. I have a cardiologist here in Manahawkin that refers high blood pressure patients to me. Oh, wow. I, it, it's like, you know, where, and, and it just, and it, I, I never even met him. It was one of those situations where I had a patient. Um, it was also his patient. Their blood pressure went down under chiropractic care. Oh. Um, the patient was removed off of, of, um, their medication, he took them off their medication. And then the MD was like, well, if you, you know, if you guys do great with high blood pressure patients, now he sends me all his high, his high blood pressure patients, <laughs> right? Wow. Whether they're subluxated or not, he doesn't know, you know, but yeah. my point is, is that, you know, it's not the MDs, like the MDs are always going to have a market. They're always yeah. going to have people. There's always going to be people that need drugs because there's always going to be, there's crisis situations all the time. You know, so um, I think that's like a really good, I don't know. I just had to make that point as I was listening to you guys talk because I feel like the MDs get a bad rap and it's not the MDs, it's the pharmaceutical industry. Right, and it's exactly, and they're just a part of it and they have to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, so no, I think that there is like, like I said, there's like a, a right way to, to talk to the MDs and work with them and work with them consistently. Um, and once you get that down, you know, you don't, 
I think it's great working with MDs, you know, and then I can teach the patient the what, what I want to, it doesn't have to be right. like sick care or acute care, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents, it is three o'clock. Oh, wow. Time flies. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> I know. So I think what we'll do is we're going to, we'll wrap up today. Um, cause I have a coaching call in a few minutes, but Aaron, thank you so much for blessing us with your time and your knowledge and your wisdom. And it, this felt like a five minute conversation, right? It, it really did. Yes, for sure. And I just wanted to let the, whoever's listening, um, we do have some classes coming up. If I can just talk about it very quickly, we actually have an MD referral class coming up December 10th and 11th. And then we have a business retreat where we help you build out your whole year, your whole next year. We talk about revenue plans. We just literally teaching you exactly what you need to do. That's December 17th and 18th. And another one, January 21st and 22nd. And then we do leadership training, which is when people want to hire the right employees, hire the right associates, how to recruit, how to retain the right employees and have them perform. And that's January 29th and 30th. And so um, they can always go to www.ignite-spark.com and look at everything that we have to offer. I'm very happy to help anybody to, and we do different rates for students too. Um, for sure. So um, if, if there's a student that wants to work on this stuff now, which is what I would definitely recommend, um, for sure, like we definitely do reduce rates for students as well. Um, and we're probably gonna have some like Black Friday specials coming up too. So it'll be really good. So I'd love to have people in our classes and um, love to be able to help them cut the learning curve. I, I might hop on that MD weekend. I'm thinking that too. You totally should. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you can do it either online or in person in Annapolis. So we actually teach you everything that you need to know. And it can actually be tweaked to anything. So that one that I'm going to be doing is on low back. And you have all of my PowerPoints, brochures, scripts, everything that you would need. It's all done for you. Just put in your information, take out mine. And mm-hmm. then, um, but you can actually tweak it to anything that you want. Once you learn the system, you can learn it for migraines, TOS. The only thing it doesn't work for is pediatrics. I would not go to a pediatrician with this. I'm just saying that. That's my disclaimer. You can do it with, um, we do a pregnancy practice course. That's an eight week course. We're doing that starting January, but with the MD referral, definitely. I'd love to have you guys. December 10th and 11th. It's in Annapolis. Basically, your meals are included. We wine and dine you. It's fun. We make it fun. But you learn everything. You learn the whole system. You could also do it online, like through online, through Zoom as well, too. So both options. That's awesome. awesome. I would love to head down to Annapolis. That sounds like fun. Yes. Um, Iram, I'm going to have Cassie. Cassie is going to reach out to you this week. And then she's going to get all of that information that you just said. And then she'll edit this podcast and put all of it at the end of the podcast for you. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. You're okay. lucky. That's great. <laughs> oh, Cassie's awesome. I don't know what I would do without yeah. her. <laughs> yes. And you guys are both amazing. And I so appreciate what you guys are doing. I love it. I love uh, it. Okay. I think you have a ton of people for sure. Thanks, Aram. All right, guys. Well, we're signing off and we will see you next week on yes. Taproots. Yes, absolutely. Bye. Thank you. Welcome.